Hey Vessels, this is Love. And this is Zion. And we are so weak. Already. This show hasn't even started. But we want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Voice of a Vessel Podcast. Where we want to encourage and inspire you to be you. And where we grow in purpose, on purpose. You ready, Zion? Always. <laughs> that always sound funky. That always sound funky. Always. You sound like more the guy. Always. Always. Not always. You want me to do it high pitch? I mean, I just want you to do it in your regular voice. You went deep to that. Regular voice. Always. <laughs> you said it like you said it like a, a '80s rapper. Always. <laughs> no, I gotta be hard. I gotta no, be ready. you don't have to be hard. I gotta you hype have... myself up. This week we're going to talk about authority, salvation, and we have a new episode of Random Ridiculousness. So let's just sit back and have some fun. Hey Zion. Yes. I think it's time. Time for what? We on season three and you still doing it? Which, <laughs> should, should I, I change it? Should no, change no, no, no. I think it's funny. I think it's time for some random ridiculousness. Who's back? Who's back? You, you're back. What's that have to do with anything? Because we've had such a good run and now all of a sudden you back with your smart comments, your sarcastic rebuttals. Oh, I, so now that we press record, it's, it's a whole different thing. No, it's not even that. I feel like... That's just who I am. <laughs> really? And the sooner we can accept that, the better. You know what? I have a problem with people just being like, this is who I am. Accept it. You do that all the time. <laughs> I do it yeah, all the time. Yeah. You be like, you know who your mother is. No, I'm sorry. Knowing who I am and this is who I am is two different things. Okay. Is it not? I don't know. <laughs> Really? I don't know. So now you're going to try to carry me on the mic. I'm just saying, I don't know. That's just the answer I have to say. Because maybe it is different, but it could be perceived as the same. It could be perceived. as Maybe that is based on your perception. I'm just saying, you know me by my fruit. You know the actions. You know you know the responses. You know by me just living with you and around you, in front of you, who I am. What you can expect those things for me to in turn say this is who I am it's more or less like it's uncompromising it's you get what you get and you don't throw a fit <laughs> I don't think when you say it I don't think you have that intention but you just be real you just be like no I'm not gonna accept this no I'm not gonna allow this this is who I am and I'm unwavering I think it depends if we're talking about standards and uh, boundaries and stuff like that absolutely but if you know if I don't ever want to share my stuff like if you know what I'm saying if, if I don't ever want to share my pizza or my drink or my snacks you be playing them games bro like you want to share your pizza or your snacks really yeah you be like now Zion you know and I be like I thought we shared no it's it's a difference between having 12 of something and you demolish 10 and leave me with two nah nah no. You don't want me to bring up a honey buns? The honey buns? <laughs> I didn't have no 10 honey buns. And you know Eli eats honey buns too. So I maybe had like maybe five or six. But 10? No, nah, don't do that to me. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Sorry. 
and now we got off topic because you wanted to go on with the whole. No, we want to know what got us off topic. <laughs> oh, so you got all these smart and snarky comments. I didn't use the word snarky, but I will say you do. For the, like for the past 24 hours, your response have been yelled. Like you've been yelling all of your responses to me. I have been yelling. When you came in my room today and showed me that something was going on with your eye, everything you said was a yell response. It's because you came at me. Really? I about was About my eye. Like, I did something about my eye. I was concerned. Like, I sat there with a pencil and poked myself in the eye. It was like, look, Ma, look what I did to my eye. <laughs> I'm not saying you did that. I'm just saying I was concerned. It was a crazy day. A lot went on today. And when you came in and when I seen your eye, when I seen your eye, as a mother, I don't care how old you are, I panicked a little bit. I couldn't show you I was panicking. The all the only thing I could do was show concern, full emotional concern. I think that's why I was smirking because I could see the like low key panic behind it, and I was just like, she's panicking over the little Brit mark on my eye, which I don't know. I didn't think it was that serious, but I just wanted to be like, yo, have you seen this in my eye? And I'm just the last one to see it in my eye. No, I'm not that person, though. Like, I mean, I don't know why you continue to walk around like that. Like, if I have, like, I'm sorry to even say this on the mic, because maybe it's nasty to somebody. But if you see me with a booger on my nose, please tell me. If you see me walking around with tissue on the bottom of my shoe, please tell me. If I got a spot on my pants or on my shirt, like I spilled something or something, just be like, hey, do you know you got, like, just tell me. Don't let me be the last person to find out something's wrong. So I won't let you be the last person to figure out something's wrong. Okay. Nothing to say now, though, but yelled I just didn't morning. think it was that that bad. Yelled all morning. I'm sorry that I made you And panic. I was at work. I was oh at work. No, you was on hold. That's what you're going to do? <laughs> if, we, if we want to be for real. If we want to be for real. I was on the clock, though, right? I was getting paid. Was I not getting paid? Yeah. Okay, then. Yep. You so my paid. company considered me being at work, right? Okay. You're right. It's a podcast with two people, not just one. You're right. You're right. That is true. <laughs> but I've told you, I'm more of a like, you can, you say one thing and I can kind of keep the conversation going. Like you want to build on me. I just had a conversation with a dude at my job and was like, yo, I'm all about being the foundation or the core for a, for a little while, for a season. But I don't always want to be the foundation or the core. Eventually, I want to be at the top, too. Like, I'm not just going to stay here at the bottom and let people just keep building on me. What makes you think that you're at the bottom and people are building on you? Well, I didn't say that I thought I was at the bottom. So now you want now for me to explain, it would require me to, like, delve into more of the conversation that we had. He was saying that we were at the bottom, the core, the foundation, and that leadership was building on us. Oh, and I was saying my point was I'm okay with being the the foundation in the core for a season, but I don't want to stay here. Don't build on me. Build with me. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but the foundation is useful. If you, if the foundation leave, what happened? You're right. The foundation is important. So, but I'm just saying like, if I can help establish the foundation and I choose to move above just being the foundation, then let me let me move and let me do that. If you want to stay the foundation, baby, by all means, stay the foundation. But you want to rise. I'm gonna rise. Like it's it's not even about me wanting to. Like it's in it's innate. Right, right. 
I'm just stuck on the foundation part because the foundation is so vital. It is. It's, it is vital. And I bring foundation everywhere in all my relationships and everything I do. I bring a sense of foundation. I wonder if I'm the foundation. I think I'm more of like a, um, a doorway. You're a doorway? I think so. Okay. Make- a doorway to what would be the question? Then that means you got to be careful if you're a doorway. I think I can open up opportunities and open up many avenues of conversation for you, including this aspect right, right now. I think I'm able to pop off and give some things no. that make you. No, you totally contradicted yourself. How? Because first you said you needed me to build upon in order for you to have the conversation. Now you're, you're the foundation. A, now you're. I'm the door. <laughs> I cannot with Zion, yo. I just cannot. Like, Lord, like, and the thing about it is, it'd be her idea. <laughs> Ma, we need to record. Ma, and it's usually me. And then on the times where she's like, Ma, we need to record, she comes with this. I'm the door. <laughs> like, she, she comes with this. Ain't nothing wrong with being a door, bro. nothing wrong with being a door. No, we need more doors. We need more people that are opening minds and opening opportunities and leading the way like in order to be a door that means you have to like have opened up a space or a path or maybe you lead to a space or a path that opens up so you know it's it's that I think that's wonderful and and I think people should be doors everybody can't be the foundation and some of us don't even want to be the foundation some of us want to be the roof (laughs) you want to be the roof no I don't want to be the roof Okay. Yeah, roof gets rained they on. They get beat. Yeah. They get the shackles the sun, be coming off. People the shackles? Yeah, what are they called? Shingles. <laughs> I mean, the sun beats on it like I don't I don't think I want to be the roof. They but... be abused and nobody really takes the time out to take care of those. You're supposed to take care of a roof like every 10, 20 years. People don't be doing that. But I think that, you know, there's, I mean, if we're obviously relating this to like a house or a building or whatever, there's so many aspects. There's the foundation, there's frame, there's framework. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just want to be the frame. You want to be the thing that holds everything else together that connects the foundation to the roof. Like there's so many different components. I mean, you talked about the door, but there's also a window. I did, but I feel like the window is a little too, you know, here or there you're wishy-washy <laughs> you know windows are wishy-washy okay you know what so now the window is not big enough that's basically what you're saying no it's, it's not even that it it's doesn't not have a big, big enough, enough responsibility it's it's very uh i'm trying to think of the word flaky were you gonna say flaky i was gonna say fegal or feeble. fragile maybe fragile but like feckle what's that word fickle fickle that's a good representation of a door somebody that's really uh, feckle. Hold up. Which one? A door or a window? A window. Sorry. A window. A feckle is a good definition for... Fickle. It's not fickle. feckle. <laughs> we should leave all of this in there. All of it. All of this in there. Fickle is a very good definition of a window. It just gets open and closed all the time. Stuff be coming in. You don't want it to come in. Like They have a screen, but a lot of times the screen be having holes in it. So stuff still gets sometimes in. Sometimes the screen don't even exist. Sometimes it don't even and exist. And sometimes if the window's been closed for a long time, you have a hard time getting that window open. And sometimes if you don't have proper locks on your windows, people be coming in your house when they Ooh. don't be. Ain't same thing to be. with a door. 
Let's nah, not do that. Do it a little bit harder, though. Do it a little bit harder. Really? You need a key. You need a key for that door. That's if it's locked. You don't need a key if the door ain't locked. All doors got locks, though. Okay. And I was going to say all windows have locks, but they don't necessarily. Okay. Most doors, anyway. Outside your house. <laughs> you thought about that. <laughs> I should say. I should say. <laughs> I got you. I feel you. I understand. Maybe a bathroom door. Maybe I'm a bathroom door. Don't be a bathroom door. I like the bathroom. No, don't be a bathroom door. Okay. A gateway to relieve yourself. Don't don't be a bathroom door. Sometimes people need a release. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what, baby. If you want to be a bathroom door, <laughs> I'm just saying, don't be knocking in the bathroom. You're right, because I mean, there's been many times over the years where my bathroom was my prayer closet. So I get it. I get it. I mean, I think every room is important. Come on, we're not gonna sit here and just keep going on and on. <laughs> I think every room is beneficial. That's why it's said room. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> you can find, uh, what's the word? Value in every room. So whatever, you know what? Just be a room. Just be some room. You know what I mean? Or be some part. Like, there's value in it. As long as you produce value, you're good. But for the love of God, please don't fake it till you make it. <laughs> and don't be a window. <laughs> I don't agree with that. <laughs> I do not agree with don't be a window. I don't agree with that. If you a window, baby, be the best daggone window you could be. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? Be a window that has like a an awning. A awning? An awning. You had that like the little accent there. Awning. Yeah, because it's an awning. I'm sorry for okay. saying ottoman. It's an awning. It's a window awning. So, you know. Be the type of window that has an awning that provides shade and shelter from the rain. And I mean, you could really do a window up. So don't sleep on a window. I mean, on our glass door, what do we have? We have this strip or it's not really a strip. It's a covering on our front glass door that is like mirror. So people from the outside can't see in. And if you're standing outside, it literally looks like you're looking in a mirror. So, I mean, there's so many things you can do with the window. You're right. Be the best window you can be. I just want to be a window. Whoever you are, wherever you are, there's nothing wrong with being. Windows provide so much. It can give you a breeze or air when it's hot yeah. and stuffy. If, if God forbid, there's a fire inside, you can provide a way of escape. That's true. That's Let the true. smoke out. I mean, you windows, need a window. Ha- windows have value you too. Do. And like, I think of the person that we thought didn't have a window. <laughs> And you really realize, like, yo, you need a window. But I just want to say that my child is the silliest child I know. Like, she's the silliest person I know, period. Now, my sister is pretty silly. She's pretty silly. But Zion, she's a a close second of the silliest person I've ever met in my life. Like, I can just spend hours just laughing around her because it's like, what are you thinking? Like, where do you come up with this stuff? Like, don't be a window. Like, really? She's over there weak. I don't know if to take that as like an insult or a compliment. It's definitely a compliment. I love you. So it's definitely a compliment. Yeah, but you know. I mean, I'm thankful for you. Like, the most high gave you to me for a reason. Like, I needed someone that can make me laugh or someone that could be silly with all the seriousness and tough times and just me being so conscious of just 
everything that goes on in the world, I needed that lightheartedness and that ability to just be silly and be like, you know what? Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Let's laugh. And I'm, you know, I'm here for it. So, yeah. It be you, bruh. It be me? It be you. Like, you can hear it on the mic. You're laughing. You're weak. (laughs) And here I am in my podcasting seat trying to be serious. You never serious, bro. I'll do, I'll say one word. I I hope you keep the random ridiculousness in because you have been yelling for over 24 hours. Like, every response you give me is a yell. (laughs) You can't even talk. You're so weak. I just want to (laughs) say... You try to get serious too, and you couldn't. It's hard being serious with you, bro. It's hard. Really? <laughs> now I make you weak. Okay. Okay. What you, SWV? I am now? a silly person. I am a silly person. It, but only people that know me know that side of me. So, you know. I think everybody that has ever met Zion knows that she's silly, even when she's not trying to be. She's silly. Yeah, I figured that too, because when, like, family members were saying I did stuff, like, back when I was younger, I had to think back, like, yo, I did that? I did do that? Yeah, you did that. Own it. Yeah, I guess so. You've done stuff in college. You've done stuff at a genetic lab. (laughs) A lab that does DNA diagnostic. That's a little bit different. That's a little bit different. No, you be, I mean... That's pretty important to me. That's pretty important. Like, if any time you would be serious and, like, be in your lab coat and be, you know, about business. But Zion still finds a way to be silly. It wasn't me. He I don't tri- want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. You talking about him. I'm talking about the time that people drop trays. You drop trays. The fingernails. The different things. You, I um, mean, there was always a level of silliness. The chair. Didn't the chair fall on you or something? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about you were walking around for weeks with your a sore bottom. You your butt bone was hurting. You don't remember that? That was pretty serious. I forgot about that. I sat in the chair and the chair slid, and I slid out the chair. Oh, but I got up quick because ain't nobody was around. But they was like around the corner, so I had to do it real quick. Yeah, I mean, oh, I forgot about that. I, I didn't forget the numerous stories that you told me inside of a diagnostic lab, and she would come home with the funniest stories. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I should have like did a whole incident report. Now that I think about oh, it, my goodness. I think didn't somebody ask you if we did an incident? They heard about it later and was like, "I didn't tell would... nobody." <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> nobody heard about it, kid. Nobody knew but you. <laughs> I made sure. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely not me because I can bounce back in a second and be serious. Meanwhile, it's her over there. I mean, did you hear how loud she got when I said she fell? She was, like, yelling on the, oh, on the mic. <laughs> I'm I, like, I forgot. I forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. But, like I said, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean... Life is too short not to have fun and, and to laugh and to take things lightly when you can because there's enough seriousness in life. So if you can take things light, take it light. Yeah. But on a serious note. Definitely on a serious note. I've really been wanting to talk about authority because I've just been realizing that 
instead of saying we, I'm gonna say me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to be like super, you know, self-focused or hyper-focused on myself. I just, I don't want to include anybody in my mess, right? So the Most High has been pointing out to me that I'm not utilizing the authority that was given to me through Christ Jesus. I have not been using my full authority. And I want to talk about that because there's some power. There's power in our tongue. There's power in our words. There's power in our decrees and declarations. We have power. You know, the Bible says greater things shall we do than these, like healing the sick, raising the dead, like greater things than this. Like, was it Paul that got bit on the hand? By the snake. By the snake and just shook it off into the fire and he didn't even get, I mean, greater things. And here I am, you know, I'm not going to say scared because, I mean, you know, you come up in here, you tell me that I'm about to die and that, you know, I have organs in my body that's not working properly and shutting down. Then I was nervous in the beginning during the conversation, but it only took me a second to be like, oh, no, this is not how I'm going out. You know what I'm saying? So, but I don't want to always be that person that has to get put in a corner in order for me to utilize my authority. I want to be able to do that every day in every way, like just utilizing my authority like treading on serpents like you know what I'm saying this is how I move like every day not just when something bad happens and I'm not the type of person that only prays when something bad happens but it's just not enough you know prayer is great and all of that and there's it does move mountains but there's still more to this walk and you know we have so much more authority and I don't want to ever make the most high feel like his sacrifice was in vain because I'm not utilizing all the tools that have been given to me to be successful on this walk. I've been really thinking about the mental aspect of it and discipline. I really struggle with discipline and procrastination and that's all not taking advantage of the mental authority that I have within myself that I should be taking advantage of. And that's also a part of all of the aspects when you're walking in the authority, you can't just look at it as like physical or spiritual Not or psychological or behavioral. It's all of those aspects working together. And that's how we're able to trample on those serpents. You have to be mentally stable, mentally hardened against the attacks that the enemy may throw at you. Yeah, I mean, I was I was going to be smart and point out the difference between trample and tread, but I'm not going to go there. Um, There's a difference? Let me say it like this. When I heard it, I heard stomp. But when I said it, I thought skate. Oh. Well, I don't want to just skate. I want to stomp. I mean, but, I mean, if you skate across the head of a snake, it's probably going to die anyway. And even if it don't, it's not like it's bothering you. It's just it's just the, the ease of you getting through it as opposed to stomp, <clears throat> stomp. Yeah, yeah. That takes too much time and effort. But if I'm skating, I'm breezing through, like I'm treading. I'm just, uh. like, you know, when you tread on water, it just kind of like, you know, goes across. E- so uh, it's perception, I guess. But yeah, I'm with you. It's so funny because if you were tuned in to the Voice of the Vessel Facebook page, you would have <laughs> seen that this week I posted from one of our TikTok friends. He talked about how the enemy attacked Eve and he focused on three things. It was her intellect, her emotions, and her will. And he attacked her intellect by saying, 
that if she partook of the fruit, she would become wise like God. And so it planted that seed of doubt that, you know, I guess maybe God wasn't being, and I'm paraphrasing, this is not exactly how he explained it. Um, Maybe God didn't give the full truth. Maybe she will be wise if she partook of the fruit. You know, it planted that seed into her intellect of being wiser than what she was already. It um, attacked her emotions because it looked good. It looked beautiful hanging off that tree. Like, oh, well, it's right there. I can see it. I can touch it. I can taste it and I can be wise. So that was that emotion of actually wanting it. And then the will was actually doing it. So when the enemy can attack our, our intellect, our emotions and our will, he's basically got us. And actually he didn't have to lie to her. He didn't have to say, Oh, well, you know, surely you won't die. I mean, he did, but he didn't have to take it to that extra step. I mean, that's what he does. That's what he tries to do daily. He tries to attack our intellect, our emotions, and our will. Because if he can attack our mind and get us to think something contrary to the word of God, if he can appeal to our emotions to make that desire or that craving kind of fester within us, then he's basically got our will. Or the will is the last in the fight. Sometimes it is down to our will. Sometimes we want to do something. But it's our will is the only thing that's holding us back. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. It look good. It smell good. It logically makes sense. But I'm I'm just, I'm not going to cross that line. But if you let that thing fester long enough, sometimes your will will change. Even the very things you, you say you won't do, if you let something fester without casting it down, without putting it away, without completely demolishing it and annihilating it from your mind or from your surroundings... If it marinates long enough, sometimes your will will change. So yeah, it's important mentally for us to be on top of things. It is casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Like it's it, it's that right there. That's 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. It's remembering that you're casting down those imaginations and everything that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity. I'm capturing that thing, every thought, and I'm, I'm putting it under the obedience of Christ. So you know what? My will ain't going nowhere because I'm being obedient. I like that scripture. It perfectly correlates. Yeah, perfectly. I remember... The first day of high school, I seen this poster in a classroom and it said, be careful what you think. Thoughts become words. Be careful what you say. Words turn into actions. Be careful of your actions. Actions become habits. Be careful of your habits because they become your life. All because of what you thought. Yeah. How your life can be drastically changed because of a simple thought that you had that you didn't cast down that you dwell too much on. I think in Philippians 4, I think it is, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Yeah, that's where our thoughts and our minds should be at all times. If we, I mean, it's not impossible. And I think the times that we are now, it makes us want to dwell on those things that can be very gut-riching and can keep our minds in a state of fear 
And the enemy feeds off of fear. Absolutely. Despair and hatred. Yeah. And we're so around those things constantly that our thoughts become those things. Despair. How can we protect ourselves? Do we need to fight? Do we need to stock up on things? Or what is our government doing about this? It's just so many other things that can keep us so occupied that we forget to think about what is true, what is right, what is noble, what is pure, what is to be praiseworthy. And that can really alter our walk with Christ. Right, right. Now, I will say that I'm a stacker, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that. It's yeah. always right to be prepared. But I think that we are living in a time where so many people are just like focus, hyper focus on that one thing. Yeah. yeah I was just going to say, cause the Bible says watch and pray. <laughs> so like, don't get caught off guard. Watch and pray. Like, I don't want to be like one of the foolish versions that let my oil run out. Nah, I know I'm need enough oil until he returns. So I don't get locked out the other side of the door. So, you know, I'm stacking up on oil. And that doesn't really, I mean, that's nothing physical. That's all spiritual. That's stacking up on those thoughts of joy and purity and the things that are admirable and praiseworthy. Because it may come a time where all you see is darkness and all all you hear is doom and gloom if we're not already hitting that time. So, you know, I don't want to say that times are going to get worse. Like, I don't want to speak certain things. So I'm just going to say that we're already at a time where we have to fill ourselves with so much joy and purity and good things and things that are praiseworthy and things that are noble. We have to fill our minds with that because there's distractions everywhere, everywhere. Zion and I don't watch the news at all. We don't watch the news. Like, I don't even know if we have local programming. We probably do, but we never use it. I mean, we do get news, but we don't watch the news. We get what we want. You know what I'm saying? We choose to tune into the things that keep us knowledgeable and that keep us, you know, watchmen on the wall, things that we need to pray about, things that we need to be in tune with. And I mean, the Most High won't let you get caught off guard. He'll make sure you know what you need to know. And so... It's just important to for us to block ourselves from those things that are distractions and for me to watch and pray. Like, I have to watch. Like, I'm a mother, head of a household. Like, I have to, to watch, but I'm definitely praying and I'm definitely trying to actively keep my mind stayed on him and on those good things because there's so much stuff that if I'm not careful, a couple of weeks ago I was angry and I had to repent. And not because I did anything wrong, but because I let it consume me to the point where I separated myself from him. Like, you can't even worship me the way you're supposed to because you're in this angry place. And no, you can sit here and say, well, you know what? I was angry, but I didn't sin. But did you not sin? Because you allowed this to stop your worship. Maybe not your praise, but your worship is completely different. It's your, it's, it's that surrender. Like, was you really in a place of surrender to me and and consecration to me while you were angry? And the truth is I wasn't. So we have to allow ourselves and be intentional about remaining in a place where we concentrate on those pure things. Because if not, enemies seeking to take you out. It's all a war. You're completely right. And when you were talking about those things, I instantly thought of idleness. There is a lot of idleness that I come across. A lot of people that's not doing what they're supposed to do. 
And I think of the story about the three servants that were working for the king and each received a talent. And two of the servants took their talents and they was able to multiply it. And when the king came back, he saw the, the third servant just buried his talent. And he told him that he was wicked and unfaithful. And then the other, other two were faithful. And it really gripped me because I really seen that multiplying your gifts and not being idle was an act of faithfulness. And being able to do that and not be idle is basically all mental as well. Being able to push through what we see and pursue what we are meant to pursue. And just thinking about how that faithfulness ties into multiplication being able to bring others with you and to to take your talent and make it something greater to be a builder we talk about foundation and the framework and the windows and the doors and the roof sometimes you only have the foundation you have to be able to multiply that to get your house i want to like pause for a second and just put out a disclaimer because um i went through a season it was a while ago where I was listening to people talk and I wasn't really like tuned in consistently, but I came across a couple people that had some good things to say, but what turned me off is they were always saying, y'all ain't reading your Bible and y'all ain't spending time. And and it just turned me off because first of all, I am reading my Bible. First of all, I am praising. First of all, I am tithing. First of all, I am, first of all, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So what you mean, y'all? Who are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? So I was turned off because even though I wasn't part of that, y'all, I was like, anybody that is part of that, y'all should, could be turned off because I'm turned off and I'm not even a part of the y'all. So I always try to say me instead of just people if I can. Sometimes I forget, you know, but I always try to dial it back to my personal self just because our testimony we're supposed to share our testimony in hopes of helping someone else so that's why I always say well me right but it's funny because when you were and I'm okay in the disclaimer (laughs) when you were talking about working and making sure you multiply your talent and maybe you didn't use the word working but that's what I heard right because I immediately thought about Ruth and how Ruth was sent out to go work the land right and she was looking for a husband but she had to work right and so I think Naomi told her like you you go out there and you work so when he finds you he'll find you working like you'll be busy and that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to work until the king comes for his bridegroom we're supposed to be working we're supposed to be found working like I'm single of course I want to get married But I know that we're living in the times of Noah right now. So it's like, you know, marriage is not the forefront of my mind. Like, I want to get married. I want to get married. Like, even if I don't get married, I'm fine, right? Because it's so close. And it's like, I might not have time to get married. And I'm okay with that. No matter what happens, I want to be found working. I don't want my husband to find me. And it's like, well, what you been doing? Well, what you been working on? You know, he might be ready to jump right in and help and you know, let's get this off the ground or let's make this better or whatever, vice versa. I want to add value. That's what we do. We're women. We multiply. We add value, right? We, you know, we incubate and we multiply, right? We produce. So I want to do the same thing. So that means that if he finds me, he needs to be working so that I I can add value. So I can incubate something and produce something more than just a physical child. You get what I'm saying? So like, 
it's important what you said about the talents that we don't just bury or sit on what we have. We have to multiply it so that when the king comes back, he can see that we have been working. I mean, the Great Commission says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's that we're supposed to be making disciples. Like, that's what we're supposed to do little you know replicas of christ everywhere we go like you know we always plant in the seed one plants one waters one it's something i mean i can just go i can just keep going and going and going about this because work is so important but we can't just sit around because like you said that idleness that's when you start getting attacked in your mind and it's so funny because i've really seen with my mother who passed away and i mean even in psychology i learned that senior citizens that aren't doing anything they're more prone to like premature death you know what I'm saying like or just people in general like when you stop actively moving and working and doing things and I don't necessarily mean working a job I just mean when you stop doing stuff it's like your body starts to be like okay over time it's like okay over time it's like all right (laughs) you know and then like we're just now starting to go to sleep like our muscles aren't working the way they're supposed to, you know, our organs aren't working the way our brain isn't as sharp as it's supposed to because we stopped working. And that's not what we were created to do. We were not created to just stop working. And it does not necessarily, and I'm not talking about a job at all. I'm talking about ministry. We're supposed to be speaking to people, sharing the gospel. We're supposed to be loving We're supposed to be taking care of our temple, which involves moving and, you know, working out and eating right and all of those things. And it takes an active person to do all of those things. So work is so important, no matter what time it is, no matter if it's the last day, no matter if it's the last hour. Like, I don't want to just, I mean, you know, I used to be that person that just, Sometimes I have my days where I just be like, you know what? I just want to look to the sky and just wait for you to, but I can't because I have to work. I have to be working. There's somebody somewhere that needs to hear something or that just needs a hug or just needs some love or just need to know that God is good and he's faithful and he's so loving. And no matter who you are or where you are or what you've done or what you've seen or what you've been through or how people have done you wrong or whatever it is, he loves you. He loves your soul, which is way past any of your actions. He loves your soul and he has a plan for you. And it's greater than anything that you can ever imagine or comprehend. So yeah, it's, it's, it's deep. Like I said, I'm sorry. I, I can keep going. And that all correlates to salvation. It is so vital to be active in all aspects of our lives. Our motto is to encourage and inspire others to be the best version of ourselves so if we didn't talk about those things who would we be who would we be like how can I say I'm encouraging you if I'm not giving you encouragement how can I inspire you if nothing I says inspires you like I mean if that's the purpose if that's the mission statement and the purpose then we have to 
be diligent, you know, and everything ain't gonna work for everybody. Look, I done been here on this earth long enough to know that everybody ain't gonna, you can't make everybody happy. And if everybody is happy, you should worry because something's wrong. Like everybody ain't gonna like your message or everybody, you're not gonna be able to speak to everybody's heart. You might be able to reach people that I can't reach and vice versa. So we're all different. Somebody else somewhere else might be able to reach people that I can't reach and vice versa. But the fact of the matter is we're all collectively giving our input into the world. We're all collectively ministering, giving love, you know, just inspiring change and just holiness in the earth. And even if it's just a few of us, I'm telling you, you can be in a completely dark room and have a little teeny flicker of light. And if it's complete and utter blackness, darkness, you'd be surprised how bright that little flicker would be. So if we all just collectively let our little flickers shine collectively, it'd be this really, really bright light and what happens is we don't even have to rely on ourselves because there's a scripture that says arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is upon you like when he shines his glory oh my goodness now let's go back to first season what happened when Moses seen the glory Zion his hair went white he blind no he did <laughs> Moses did not get blind Zion <laughs> He aged. He aged, but he didn't go blind. Thank God he didn't go blind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I completely forgot. But I knew. I knew he wasn't blind. As soon as I said, I was like, what? <laughs> Moses won't blind. Don't you put that on Moses, Zion. He aged instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just from his glory. That was just from That like, was just from a shadow of the glory. That, that wasn't, ah, oh, that was just like, ah. Oh. That was just a little get behind the cleft of the rock. I'm going to pass by. And when I pass, you take a peek. And it was just like, a, you know, like that little peekaboo. It was that. And it was just like, oh, my goodness. He aged. His hair turned white. Like, how strong must it be that, like, your hair turns white and that you age? Like, what is in your shadow that ages me physically? The glory. So, and that's what I'm saying. Now that you got a visual or picture of that, that same glory will be revealed in us, will shine upon us, will reflect that in the earth. So imagine if we was all out here and people just turning white aging all over the place. I don't think it was, it is age, but I'm thinking it's more wisdom. You saw the wisdom within that glory and that is what made your body age well i I think it's like you said it is age but with age is maturity there's there's and like you said wisdom yeah so like you see a child that like is always around older adults or whatever their mannerisms are different you know they physically look older than somebody maybe their own age that is always playing out in like the um, sand pits and stuff like that are always in the backyard on the swing set. Somebody that is used to having tea and crumpets <laughs> with adults all day, they physically, they dress different, they look different, their mannerisms are different, so they look older. You know what I'm saying? Even physically. So yeah, there's a level of maturity that comes with the glory of God. Whew, that thing is powerful. Yeah, yeah salvation is so important it's so important like now more than ever like I feel like we can't even record any more episodes 
without talking about the salvation. And sometimes, you know, you kind of have like an underlying uh, concept or those innuendos and stuff like that. But nah, it's just something right now. You just got to come right out and say it. If you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior, the partner of your sins, please, 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 please read Romans 10, 9 and 10. Please get into your Bible, please. If you're not sure, even if you think and you know that, you know, it's been some time since you, you know, repented or you asked the Lord to come into your heart, like just do it. I mean, every time somebody says, say this, repeat this after me, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died and was raised on the third. Every single time I say it, I say it every time. (laughs) (laughs) I say it. Am I in denial? No, I'm not in denial. But I say it because I'm like, I understand what I need from you every time. Every time. I don't think too highly of myself that I can't be like, I need thee. Every day I need thee. All day. Every And then I never want to be like, like we talked about off, well, we weren't recording yet, but the Bible says the heart is deceitful amongst all things. Who can know it? I never want to think I'm okay when I'm not okay. It was Paul that said, examine yourself, test yourself, examine yourself to make sure that you're right, that you're within the fold. Like he said it, examine yourself. Don't just assume that you're okay. Every now and then you need to take inventory. You need to look over your life, examine your heart. What, where is your heart posture? What are you doing? You feel what I'm saying? Like sometimes you need to sit back and really, really be real with yourself. And I don't take nothing for granted. So yeah, every single time, every single time (laughs) I hear it, I say it, I repeat it and I don't feel no way about it. It's not me continuing the acts to be saved because I do have faith. It's just letting him know. I don't think too highly of myself. I need you. It's a constant surrender is what it is. Yeah. It's the daily choice to reflect and make the conscious decision for the glory of Christ every single day. That's what that is. And people should do it more. I should do it more. Yeah. I mean, I just never want to be that person that, I mean, I got saved at four years old. I would never forget it. It was life changing, which I mean, I was four, right? But it was, I can remember it. Like it was like two weeks ago, my mother was in the kitchen. I was in the living room. I was watching TV. It was a show called PTL. And I don't remember. I remember the guy that was speaking. I won't say his name, but I don't remember what he was talking about. I heard the Lord speak to me personally, and I understood that it was the Lord. And I gave my life to him. And we had a conversation that day. I remember, and I was crying out to the Lord when I was four. And I remember going, running into the kitchen. I was so happy. And I told mommy, I just got saved. Mommy, I just got saved. And she was so excited. She was surprised. She was like, what happened? And I was telling her the whole story. Like we had this whole conversation and I was so excited, but I was four. So, I mean, I'm not going to say how old I am now, but I'm, I'm over 40. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, not that much, but <laughs> I've surpassed 40. So you think between four and 40, I ain't been through nothing. I ain't never did anything that put me in a backslidden position. And to somebody, maybe, no, they haven't. But me being honest and in truth, oh, I done did some things. I done backslid a couple times. I done let his hand go and had to go back and beg. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and maybe not really have to beg, but I did. 
because like I knew better and I didn't do better. And so I'm at a place now where I ain't taking nothing for granted and I'm sorry. There's not going to be a party in hell. There is not going to be a party in hell. I do not want to be down there. I do not want to be in torment. I don't want to be in darkness. I don't want to be just, I'm not even going to, I just don't want to be there. (laughs) So yeah, I want to be in a party in heaven. I want to be walking on the streets of gold. You know what I'm saying? I want to see many mansions and you know, I I, want to experience I mean, after experiencing earth, you think I went through all of this for nothing? (laughs) No. So yeah, I'm sacrificing now because the reward later is greater and I got to get there. Like there's no choice. It's beyond even my own will. Like it's one of those things where it's like, that's a line you don't cross. Like you have no choice. And even if you fall, you don't lay there, you get back up. In keeping with the tradition of the podcast, we like to end with a quote. And this quote, which is actually a quote, comes from 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen, And it says, stay awake, stand firm in your faith, be brave, and be strong. We love you. Until next time. Make sure to hit the subscribe button. And check out our website at VesselToBlessYou.com. Anything you want to hear on the show, let us know. We want to encourage and inspire you to be you. Shop our merch, read the blog, and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Vessel to Bless You, where we grow in purpose on purpose. Shout out to Jay Weeks with the dope beat. Where the music at? <laughs> <laughs>